Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Today's daf is being taught by Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanovsky, the rabbi of Anshe Chesed in New York City. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is the first installment of Daily Daf Differently, a study of the Daily Talmud page by liberal rabbis and teachers. We think that this will be beneficial for all kinds of people who will take a liberal uh, approach to the questions of how we work and rest, how we sanctify life in the studies of our ancient sages. Today we're beginning Tractate Shabbat. This is page uh, page 2, or uh, Daf Bet. To understand what's going to go on, you need a little bit of background regarding the laws of Shabbat. Many of you know that there are 39 primary categories of labor that are forbidden on Shabbat, and one of them is carrying. Tractate Shabbat is uh, focused on on all of these 39 categories but in a very very large proportion it is focused on uh, the prohibition of carrying from one domain to another it seems that the rabbis uh, conceived of the stillness of shabbat largely connected to uh, not transporting from one zone a private zone through a public zone uh, from a public zone to a private zone. It seems that uh, that it was essential to, to engage in commerce and production, and so it was very important for them to mark out the boundaries of what was private space and what was public space. Going all the way back to Bible times, this was a major concern. Very many of the, the Bible's uh, Shabbat restrictions are not stated. The rabbis refer to the Shabbat laws as mountains hanging by a hair, that is to say, a great deal of law, but very few specific Bible verses. In fact, with respect to carrying, we do have some Bible verses. There is, first of all, the story in Exodus chapter 16, when the people are first receiving manna. Uh, Despite Moses' instructions, they do go out and try to gather the manna in in their vessels on Shabbat. And Moses says to them, everybody, Shavu ishtachtav, you have to stay in your own, own place. Al yetzei ish mim komo biyom ha-shabbat, a person should not go out on the Sabbath day, which our sages come to understand means not go out carrying the vessels with which you do work. Moreover, in the book of Jeremiah, uh, there is a specific uh, complaint. Jeremiah argues to the people that they must not uh, carry, and he says to he says to them, says to all the inhabitants of of Yerushalayim, take heed, bear no burdens on the Sabbath day. Do not bring in through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day. Nor shall you do any work, but you shall hallow the Sabbath day. You shall sanctify it. So for Jeremiah too, the act of refraining from carrying was central to how it is that somebody should observe Shabbat. Now, to understand uh, how the sages conceive of this, you need a couple of pieces of background. First of all, uh, the sages understand space to be divided up into some 
some primary and some, some secondary categories. One primary category is Rishut HaRabim, the public domain. And there are specific definitions of how large it has to be, which need not concern us right this minute. Then there is Rishut HaYachid, the private domain, somebody's own personal house. There is something called Makom Patur, which is like a like a, a pillar in the middle of the public zone, a very small uh, identified space, uh, which for us is not terribly significant to the ensuing discussion. And then there is something called a Karmelit, which the rabbis understand as not exactly Rishut HaRabim and not exactly Rishut HaYachid, uh, a sort of middle ground that doesn't uh, entail either of those uh, specific characteristics. They regard it as biblically prohibited to carry from a Rishut HaYachid, a private domain, into a Rishut HaRabim, a public domain, or vice versa, from the public to the private. And they regard it as rabbinically prohibited, prohibited to carry uh, from those places to a Karmelit. That's one thing you need to know. Another thing you need to know is that the act of carrying involves two distinct actions. Akira and Hanacha, that is to say, it involves two distinct actions. You cannot uh, uh, okay something. You cannot pick it up out of one domain. And you cannot lehaniach something. You cannot lay it down in the uh, other domain. So there are two distinct parts of, of carrying. Third thing you need to know is that it is a basic postulate of the system that to be a forbidden act, it must be done by one person. Uh, of their own, uh, you know, of their own choosing. That is to say, if one person does the picking up and another person does the laying down, neither of them is fully guilty of the violation. They are each only partly guilty. The next piece of background information that you need to know is the complicated word patur. Patur literally means exempt from punishment and can occasionally in Shabbat law uh, be used to mean that, that a given act is totally permissible, but it usually means in the rabbinic discussions of Shabbat law that a given act is, to say that it is patur or that the person who does it is patur, means that the act is rabbinically prohibited, but the person is exempt from the severe biblical punishment. So if I say that you've done a, a thing that is patur, the implication is that it is what we say, patur aval asur. You are exempt from punishment, but it is still forbidden. In general, you should think of three, uh, three different uh, terms about Shabbat law. There is chayav, guilty, guilty of a biblical violation. There is patur, exempt from biblical punishment, but still uh, forbidden to do by rabbinic decree. And finally, there is mutar, that this is a totally fine act to do. It does not violate Shabbat at all. Now, with that background in place, we are prepared to actually read the text. Our passage begins by saying, Yitziot Shabbat Shtayim Shehen Arba Bifnim, Ushtayim Shehen Arba Bachutz. There are, uh, the laws of transferring are two within that are four without. And that's a, a confusing phrase, but the text goes on to explain. It imagines a poor person standing in the public street and a householder, that is to say a rich person, standing inside. If the poor person 
reaches his hand out from the public space, carrying an object, reaches it into the private space, and places the object in the hand of the householder and lets it go. That poor person has has committed the transgression of transferring on Shabbat because this person held the item in the public space, removed it when he placed his hand inside the private space through the window, let's say, and placed it down into the private space. Thus he has done both Akira, removing from one space, and Hanacha, placing it in the second space. But the Baal Habayit, the householder, is not guilty of anything. He hasn't done anything. He was just a passive person to who, into whose hand somebody placed an object. And vice versa, if the Baal Habayit reached from the inside to the outside and dropped the item in the hand of the poor person, then the Baal Habayit, the householder, is the guilty one, and the, and the one who is the recipient has done nothing. And the text will go on and say that if each of those two people does half of the ob- uh, action, let's say the poor person reaches through the window but doesn't release the object, and then the rich person takes it from his hand, then neither of them is guilty of uh, the transgression because each of them has only done half the act. So our text will go on. Uh, that's the main. That's the main idea of the text. And the text will go on, and we will ask. Why it is that the Mishnah is phrased in this way? We'll compare it to the to another Mishnah which describes uh, the this law of of uh, the prohibition of two, which are really four, and how do we count the two, and how do we count the four? And that's that's interesting in and of itself. The text will ask about the term Yitziot, the the goings out. Well, how come it's called Yitzia and not Hachnasa? How come it's called the carrying out and not the carrying in? Each of those terms are equally uh, applicable. And we go on and say that Yitziah is a, is a more uh, broad term, but it, it encompasses the term Hachnasa, because every, every extension going out is actually uh, also a bringing in. The last thing I'd like to note about today is that in this Mishnah, as with many Mishnayot, there is a, a sort of an embedded story. They don't say, this Mishnah doesn't say, Ruvain stands outside and Shimon is within the house. They say the Ani, the poor person, is outside and the Baal Habayit. Is, is inside. I think that rabbinic literature is often underappreciated for its literary characteristics, its literary quality, and I would recommend that people, when they read Mishnaic stories or Talmudic stories, ask yourself to try to imagine what's the story here? What's the, what is the story embedded in this example? Uh, a poor person seeking tzedakah on Shabbat, a rich person within the house having the power to give tzedakah on Shabbat. I think it raises a whole set of literary uh, detail and power that are in and of itself interesting. And that would be something that you can think about as you read additional stories. That's a brief daily dot differently, and we look forward to you joining us tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead. Available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.